far will the most corrupt president in history go to keep Republicans from winning back the White House? Meet the cast of unscrupulous accomplices he's assembled to get Trump. Alvin Bragg, the radical liberal New York prosecutor who refuses to prosecute violent criminals. Jack Smith, who's made a career persecuting innocent Republican officials. Letitia James, the socialist who ran on the promise, I'll go after Trump. And Biden's newest lackey, Atlanta DA, Bonnie Willis. So incompetent, on her watch, violent crimes have exploded. So tainted, Willis was thrown off one case for trying to prosecute a political opponent. So corrupt, Willis got caught hiding a relationship with a gang member she was prosecuting. So dishonest, Willis was accused of creating a fake subpoena. Welcome to the Fraud Squad. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. <laughs> Man, that is good. I mean, the Fraud Squad. Oh, boy, goodness. It's good on so many levels. It's good because he's fighting back. Yeah. It's good that because it's it's humorous, but it's I guess it's humorous because it's so true. Yeah. I mean, there's so much truth to that. Anyway, you guys let us know what you think about that. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> Corrupt and incompetent yeah. is the order of the day with mm-hmm. these people. I mean, sheer corruption. And you, this is one of the reasons why they hate Trump. Because he'll call him on it. Yeah. He said she was arresting this guy and starting an affair and she wants to indict me. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous. Like, they don't... It, it's so crazy that they can't even find... A halfway decent prosecutor uh-uh. to bring charge, and they gonna bring charges regardless. But this is emblematic of the last election. They had what twenty four people that was vying for the nomination. Yeah, I mean, it's every just, single one of them was in. This is what weeping and gnashing of the teeth looks like, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> cutting themselves. Oh boy. Well, that was good though. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> hey everybody. Welcome to the Greg and Dave Show, episode thirty-two. As always, we want to say thanks for watching. Thanks for taking the time to watch us. Reach out to us at the Greg and Dave Show at Outlook.com. The Greg letter N Dave Show at Outlook.com. And it's another good day. Because we got Dave here. <laughs> it's always more fun with Dave. You got anything you want to say, Dave, to the people? No, man. All right. Hello. Hello. <laughs> All right, let's jump right into it. Uh, the slaughter of Nigerian Christians warrants international attention. This is by the Daily Signal. Olivia Hunley, Max Primoric on August 3rd. Quote, if we keep quiet, we are going to go extinct. Close quote, says Catholic Bishop Chippa Wilfred. Anagbi of the Diocese of Makurdi in Banu State, Nigeria. In June, the Congressional Values Action Team Caucus met with Anagabi and the Reverend Remigius Aikulia, who shared their testimonies of atrocities committed against Christians in Nigeria by Islamic extremists and about the complacency of the Nigerian government. An estimated 5,600-plus Christians worldwide were killed for their faith last year, of those, 90% were Nigerian, wow. according to a January report by the Open Door International, which is a nonprofit that advocates on behalf of persecuted Christians. Western media commonly frames the violence in Nigeria as, quote, herder farmer, 
close quote, conflict, quote, propelled by climate change and resource scarcity, close quote. So there, the, it's a feud between the herder and the farmer, and the purpose of the feud, or the reason for the feud, is climate change. <laughs> and then on top of that, so with all this conflict and scarce, scarcity of food, it's all, uh, you know, focused on Christians. Now how does that, how does that even remotely make sense? You know, it should be everybody dying, not just Christians dying. There is a problem of misleading the crisis, said Richard Akibi, a Nigerian who is president of the International Organization for Peace Building and Social Justice. Stop saying that it's a farmer herder clash and stop saying that it's poverty issue and stop saying it's a climate change issue, close quote. The State Department denies that religion plays a role in these massacres. Lastly, in its first full day in office, Biden administration canceled a modest grant to help persecuted Christians in Nigeria. That's pretty sick. It is. A modest grant, and they straight up canceled it. Wow. But he wants how much more billion for Ukraine? For Ukraine. And, and uh, 40, 40 like, billion for housing for illegal migrants? Illegals, well, illegal aliens? Yeah. Well, here we go again. New evidence suggests mRNA COVID-19 vaccine transmission of aerosols by vaccinated to unvaccinated. Epic Times by Megan Redshaw, August 4th. New evidence suggests vaccinated individuals can transmit antibodies generated through mRNA COVID-19 vaccination to unvaccinated individuals through aerosols, according to a peer-reviewed study published in Immunohorizons. In other words, their findings suggest aerosol transmission of antibodies can occur between COVID-19 vaccinated parents and their children, and the dependency for this transfer is directly related to the amount of nasal or oral antibodies found in those who received vaccines. So if they don't, I don't know, they, <laughs> it's not enough. For the, they, if they're going to get you on this vaccine one way or another, <laughs> one way or another aerosol man. now. One way or another, yep. <laughs> Mr. Hooker said passive immunization could elicit autoimmunity and, quote, all sorts of reactions, close quote, in bystanders due to a similar, quote, molecular mimicry between the COVID-19 Ig immunoglobulin antibodies in human proteins, close quote. Anyway, there's a lot more to that, but that's just a highlight there. But wow, huh? Wow. You're going to get this vaccine one way or another. Did I send you the video of the woman that hadn't? No, of course, this is way out west. I think uh, Washington hadn't left her house in three years. But yeah, I think that was Oregon, Oregon. But it's his left coast. Yeah, somewhere out there, man. Uh-huh. Uh, wow, yeah. dude. <laughs> well, she took those precautions, right? She, one employee, 19 people. I'm curious to know what it cost her to, to rent the whole theater. Probably took a loan. <laughs> she probably did. she looked. She probably oh did take a loan, yeah. and she's thinking that she's so righteous. Oh, my goodness. You know, and sacrificing herself and her money to better mankind with all these restrictions. Ridiculous. Wow. Now, this one's interesting. <laughs> and, yeah. I, I don't know if I should read anything else other than the headline, but Obama fantasized, quote, about making love to men, close quote, in letter to his girlfriend, his biographer says. 
by Ryan Saverda, August 5th from the Daily Wire. The biographer for former President Barack Obama made explosive statements during a lengthy interview published this week by Tablet Magazine. Historian David Garrow, who wrote Obama's 2017 biography, quote, Rising Star, The Making of Barack Obama, close quote, talked about various aspects of who the former president was both politically and personally. Garrow got some of his girlfriends to give him letters that Obama wrote to them while in college. Quote, with Alex, McNear, Obama's girlfriend at Occidental College, I think she wanted to have her role known, close quote, said Garrow. Quote, so when Alex showed me the letters from Barack, she redacted one paragraph in one of them that just said, quote, it's about homosexuality, close quote. Yeah, that's all I got to say about that, or all I want to read about that. Let me say this. <laughs> Obama <laughs> fantasized about making love to men. Very cautiously. What if there was something about that with Trump? I wonder how they would react to that. Oh, my goodness. But they can't, though. They, they really can't. I mean, they. that's why they have to try to go the opposite yeah. extreme, you know? Uh, but regarding Bathhouse Barry, man. Um, <laughs> Bathhouse Barry? Yeah. yeah. What was that other name came up? Big Mike. Big Mike. No, that's for his, his better half. His bigger half. <laughs> bigger half. Wow. Um, yeah, a, a, a lot of us aren't surprised by this, man. I'll, I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> no big surprise there. Woman avoids jail time after stabbing blind date to get quote unquote revenge for U.S. killing Iranian general by Zach Jewell. August 5th, The Daily Wire. A 23 year old woman avoided jail time Wednesday after stabbing her blind date last year in Las Vegas area hotel room to get revenge for the U.S. drone strike that killed Iranian general Qasem Soleimani. That's weird. I remember hearing about this stabbing. Well, on a blind date with Daniel Trevino, a man she connected with on the dating app Plenty of Fish, <laughs> Nika Nikobin blindfolded Trevino and stabbed him in the neck with a kitchen knife while the two were having sex. I remember this. In story. a hotel room, according to Police 8 News Now. Nikobin came to the U.S. from Iran when she was 12, was indicted last year by Las Vegas grand jury on charges of attempted murder, two counts of battery. That's what gets me. Attempted. I mean, she didn't even kill him. No. How pathetic is that? <laughs> That's one way he's to look totally at it. vulnerable <laughs> and think he's getting something special, blindfolded with a big old smile on his face. Idiot. And, yeah. <laughs> And Absolute she stabs him in the idiot. neck, and that doesn't kill him? Yeah. Pathetic. Instead of a jail sentence, Judge Carly Kearney ordered Nicobin to serve three years of probation. What? Yep. Now, if this woman had killed anybody associated with the Democrat Party, I bet it would have been a different story. That's weird, man. Body cam footage from law enforcement obtained by 8 News Now showed Nakoba telling officers that she stabbed Trevino out of, quote, spite and revenge, close quote, for the drone strike ordered by President Donald Trump that killed Soleimani in January 20. That's why they let her go. In protest? Against Trump. Wow. Quote, I mean, the U.S. killed Soleimani, lots of blood spill, quote, or close quote, she said. Quote, so I'll, I feel like it's fair that America blood be spilled. Close quote. So, yeah, I mean, I could see why the libs would like, yeah, 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 you're right. 
Well. Quote, we were drinking a little bit, and then I guess we started to get into it, and then I stabbed him. <laughs> Close quote. The Coben added. Wow. Well, what's the lesson here, man? It's all, don't don't put the blindfold on. Stay off these dating apps. Stay off these dating apps. <laughs> psychotic episode. She had a psychotic episode. Uh, yeah, so it talks about her. She's, yeah, 23 years old. But I did a little background on the... Uh, judge here judge oh, carly Kearney. surprise me so back in 2020 uh she has been re- represents sexual predators of children and she stays on the sexual assault defense team without requesting transfer so she's a freak she's one of those usual leftists that likes to defend pedophiles mm-hmm. she probably doesn't even consider them pedophiles what do they call them uh matt or uh, Minors attracted to whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, adults attracted to minors or something. Yeah, some weird. Some stupid. Yeah. All right. This is from CBS News or CBN. I'm sorry. CBNnews.com. Quote: Arrested simply for reading the Bible. Close quote. Police detained four young Christians at drag queen event. This is by Steve Warren on August 3rd. Now, this is really interesting because it's uh, intensifying the persecution of Christians. Okay. Right? I mean, persecution of Christians has been forever, but here in the United States, it's intensifying. And for lesser offenses, four young Christians were arrested Saturday in Watertown, Wisconsin, while they were preaching the gospel at a public drag queen show focusing on children. Organizers of the city's annual event known as, quote, Pride in the Park, close quote, had advertised how the show being held in a public park as, quote, unquote, family friendly. So that, okay, go ahead. (laughs) A video of the arrest of one young man, Marcus Schroeder, was posted and shared on various social media platforms. The one minute and 29 second video clip shows several bigoted well, it doesn't say bigoted. Several bigoted police officers approaching Schroeder as he is standing on a public sidewalk outside the event reading the Bible over a loudspeaker. One of the officers, who has a, has sergeant stripes on his sleeve, suddenly grabs the microphone away from him as he questions what they are doing. The officers inform Schroeder he is being arrested for violating a sound ordinance about noise amplification. So, yeah, uh, there's more of this, but here, here's a, a quote I like. Rather than arrest those sexualizing children, the police arrested four Christians exercising their First Amendment rights, including my daughter and one of my son-in-laws. The performers are dressed in lingerie, were seen, quote, dancing and gyrating in front of little children who were invited to give them $1 bills, close hmm. quote. According to Wisconsin law, causing a child under the age of 13 to view or listen to sexual activity is a Class F felony. When I looked that up, it's punishable by a $25,000 fine and or 12 and a half years in prison. If the child has not attained the age of 18, it is viewed as a Class H felony, which is six years. So I guess ha- oh, six years in prison, $10,000 fine. Mm-hmm. It also talks about the Nazi sympathizers that showed up, but they were not, not in any way affiliated with the Christians. And it goes on to talk about the uh, guy leading the Christian organization ends up testifying in front of the county officials, which is kind of reminds me of maybe Paul testifying in front of Rome or something, you know. <laughs> but how about that? Yeah. Reading scripture over the microphone is more dangerous 
than a man in lingerie swishing his junk in your child's face. Yeah, I, I, I got a couple of thoughts about that. So first thing is, I think I should preface my comments by saying the fact that that sort of thing is happening in America is really mind-blowing, to say the least. Yeah. Because America is the only country in the world where a citizen has God-given rights of freedom that allow them to say as they please. Um, and it is, those rights are protected legislatively. There, there's no other country in the world that has that. Not, not a constitution, not the freedom. That's the first thing. The second thing is, what does the last line in the first paragraph say? A family-friendly mm -hmm. event on the other page? Yep, family-friendly. Yeah. I want to get the exact... Yeah, family-friendly. Yeah. Quote-unquote, family-friendly. A family. So this event in is considered park. a family-friendly event. But the reading of the Bible is not considered friendly all good, right good let, point. let that sink in thirdly we've crossed the rubicon in this country in in a in an unprecedented way yes these are rights there are people that still live and acknowledge those rights where the powers that be do not and i think it that dynamic requires a bit of thinking twice or at least a broader scope of consideration than historically would be required when going into these types of situ situations. I don't know how compelled these folks were. They felt that it was something that the Lord was telling them to do. I, I won't get into that. But what I will say is, if you are a Christian, if you are a conservative, if you are a Christian conservative, you have to be aware of the dynamic that exists in the country today and know what you're putting yourself into when you go into certain situations. I mean, these guys, you can look in the fur in the article, they're pretty legit because they were, they, they were test witnessing to a lot of the parents that there mm -hmm. and a lot of the children that were there to attend the event they even went to a lot of the drag queen people and then the leader who was uh he was like rejoicing that he got arrested and you know kind of like mm -hmm. the apostles were rejoicing when they got persecuted yeah. so i mean they sound like they're they understand but they like you said they feel compelled to yeah preach the gospel yeah and it's it's crazy man that you have to keep this in mind you know i look at there's a planned parenthood in uh duluth and oftentimes especially on weekends i'd see like a bunch of older people that'll be out there on the sidewalk holding signs and stuff like that right very peaceful um but they're definitely getting making their point known right there's no noise they're just standing there holding signs up that's it and uh, it was a consistent faithful few now the the planned parenthood is inside of a plaza they're not even in there they're outside on the sidewalk where the car it's it's not a highway but it's close pretty major road and they stand right at the sidewalk and they hold their signs up and I don't see them anymore. Hmm. 
yeah, it, it's been a while. Like they'd be out there religiously, mm-hmm. no pun intended, to advocate for the unborn babies. And when the FBI started mm-hmm. arresting these people all over the country, <clears throat> slowly but surely, haven't seen them in months. And I pass, I, I'm, I'm passing there pretty often, regularly. I don't see them at all. And I'm not saying that it's cowardice or anything like that, but I do think that there needs to be an awareness of that, of, of, of that kind of behavior by, by law enforcement. And, but just don't just be foolhardy and, and think that, you know, well, this is my right. No one can tell. No, we're not living in that, in that America anymore. It has changed and you have to be aware. Definitely. Not saying don't do it, not saying do it, just, you know, like you said, be aware. Yep. Understand that, well, you already know about the persecution, just understand, you got to figure out how that's going to affect you. Yep. You know, if you're a single parent and you're trying to uh, make money to feed your, your kids, then getting arrested, put in jail isn't going to help. Yep. So you got you to gotta weigh that out. Refugee rescuer suing CNN for libel wins right to speak punitive damages. It's from the Epic Times by Dan M. Berger, August 6th. A former special operator who rescued refugees from Afghanistan as it fell on the as it fell to the Taliban in 21, and whose business was destroyed by CNN's story, he says was false and defamatory, won a significant procedural victory in Florida court in his libel suit against the network. So there was uh, internal emails and texts. Let's see. Mr. Young, a security consultant with extensive military and government security experience, launched an effort to rescue at-risk people, primarily foreign companies or agencies, employees, and family members. So everybody mm-hmm. remembers about the, de- yeah. the debacle of Afghanistan and, and all that. So he was you know, a private person uh, coordinating things to get people out. So he had corporate sponsors. Uh, he rescued more than 20 people, most of them at-risk females. CNN's story falsely portrayed him as extorting money from desperate wow. people and not necessarily delivering them to safety, he said in the lawsuit. Wow. And then, so after the story, his business dried up immediately because he lost his sponsors. Quote, and while this court can force CNN to remedy the monetary damage it caused Young, close quote, the amended complaint stated, quote, CNN can never remedy the fact that they sacrificed actual human lives for the sake of ratings. Which they don't have. Close quote. <laughs> Which they don't have. <laughs> this is, see, we always tell you the Democrat Party is evil. And this is evil. I mean, can you imagine it? This guy could have been saving lives, but they stopped it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was talking to my wife the other day, and I, I used your phrase, demon crats. Yeah. And she, <laughs> she laughed, right? I was like, yeah, that's what Greg calls her, right? She was like, demon crats, demon cratic. <laughs> I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are. Yeah, man. <laughs> Uh, so it goes on to quote, CNN painted a caricature of Young as a fly-by-night extortionist, but Young is a highly trained and effective security professional. He was unquestionably qualified to extract civilians from Afghanistan, and before CNN's slander, he saved 
dozens of lives. Quote, CNN's defamation, however, has rendered Young unable to provide these rare and vital services, and there just aren't many other options out there. CNN's vicious and self-righteous slander removed Young from the equation and condemned an unknown or an unknowable number of Afghanistans to death. Close quote. The complaint continued. I think his business will be all right. You know, that's crazy, right? No, there are so many people that serve in the military, combat veterans, that, and some, like, really go to the maximum with the units that they are part of uh, the missions. Uh, yeah. That develop skills and habits and a mindset that is not compatible with civilian life. And most of them, overwhelming number of them, can't fit in function. Uh, uh, they can't work regular jobs. They, they, because they've been so rewired to perform and, and, and think and, and act differently. And this guy takes that and builds a business for himself. He is a business owner, and this is what they do. Uh, these people are unconscionable. They, they really, really are. Is, is disgusting. And the fact that they took aim at him, mm -hmm. you know, out of everything that happened with Afghanistan tells you everything that you need to know with uh, that news network. Uh, terrible, terrible thing. Yeah, I mean, that one sentence in, her, in the statement, I think, says it best. CNN can never remedy the fact that they sacrificed actual human lives for the sake of ratings. I mean, that's they have blood. Literal human blood on their hands. You ever seen The Promise? I don't think so. Uh, not The Promise. The Covenant. Guy Ritchie. Doesn't sound familiar. Uh, great movie, man. Uh, it's about this guy, military, fighting uh, in Afghanistan. God assigned an interpreter from Afghanistan. That was a lot more well-trained mm -hmm. than the previous interpreters that uh. he had. And they formed a bond. And uh, they fell into Taliban territory. Uh, his whole unit got wiped out. He was on the verge of death. And this guy trekked him through the mountains. I, I mean, like real back alley stuff in the desert. Uh, into safety, got him to his base. The base um, shipped him back home. But he joined the unit with the promise of getting visas for his wife and himself to come to America. And they left him there. Now, he became a bit of a folk hero, but Jake Gyllenhaal was the guy, uh, yeah. uh, the, the American soldier. Um, he had a business back home that was doing well. And since he woke up in an American hospital, and so he had no idea what had happened. Um, he was in the hospital for months, and they just left the guy, the interpreter, high and dry. And so he's been calling State Department, da 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 da. No one would help him, and he mortgaged his business and his house again hmm. to purchase contractors hmm. to go with him to get this guy. Wow! I mean, it was incredible, man. I mean, and I'm a Guy Ritchie fan, so I might be a little biased, but it was a damn good movie, man. <laughs> huh? Yeah, that's cool. The Covenant. Yep. Okay. 
Jill Biden courts drag queens. The photo says it all. And you should go look for that photo. Mm-hmm. I, oh, my it's goodness. Just, <laughs> yeah, as long as you have an empty stomach. <laughs> Breitbart by Hannah Blue, August 7th. First Lady Jill Biden is wielding her influence in the public sphere by meeting with drag queens while Americans suffer from rising prices and crime under her husband's administration. At these drag queens, you've heard about the gyrating and the dollar bills, and if you don't know how that works, you have to be close enough to the hip to slip a dollar bill in the string bikini. So you got to be close to the junk. I wonder if... A strip club, and we have a bunch of them here in Atlanta. What would happen if they started allowing kids to come into their clubs? That's a good point. What do you think would happen to those businesses? Would they get the same level of, mm-hmm. of uh, leniency? Yeah. You know, I, I doubt it. So here's one of the chants that you might hear. Quote, the kids are out to sing and suck D. Close quote. What do you think that D means? Like, dino, like, like. Doolittle, doobies, dinosaurs. Do, I mean, disgusting, man. Disgusting. <laughs> All right, you get the idea. Quote Despite what conservatives say, this family friendly event is a way to spread joy, teach acceptance and love, a way to bring people's, uh, people together. Kids just want to hear their favorite stories. Keep spreading hate because I'm going to keep spreading joy. That's the Jill Biden we want. Dr. Pepper. (laughs) (laughs) This is Chinese House Committee Chair warns of Chinese intelligence operations in the U.S. This is for those of you who've been listening. It's like, duh. By Aldra Fredley, August 7th. Rep. Mike Gallagher, Republican of Wisconsin, is warning about the extensive ops of China's intelligence agency, which is... The Ministry of State Security, or the MSS. Now listen to this. Is in the United States, which he said is, quote, unquote, far larger than the CIA. Mm. Wow. Did I tell you about this? Anyway, when you go ahead. It goes on to talk about they steal sensitive agricultural intellectual property. Because, you know, they need to feed their people. The FBI estimates that China steals $225 billion to $600 billion worth of U.S. intellectual property and trade secrets every year. Wow. Wow. And then you guys heard the two U.S. Navy service members accused of transmitting sensitive military information Mm -hmm. on China. One of them allegedly sent photos, videos, and documents concerning U.S. Navy ships and their systems to Chinese intelligence officers. Sheesh. Man, talk about a traitor. The second service member op- sent operational plans for large-scale U.S. military exercises in the Indo-Pacific region. So we're going to send you detailed blueprints and printouts of our war machines, and we're going to send you the game plan for in a war situation. When Trump was in office and he was putting his cabinet together, I think he made a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. But he did one thing right with the type of people that he wanted in his cabinet. And he was criticized for it because they said that he was only placing his rich friends and his fellow elites in these positions. And his response was one that I don't think anyone could argue with. He said, I don't want people in those positions 
that can be motivated financially. Mm. That's why he put wealthy people in those positions. You have nothing to offer them to get your way with any type of legislation or government involvement. And that made sense. Mm -hmm. That made a lot of sense. Why would you want someone in that situation that is susceptible to bribery? Mm -hmm. And with these soldiers, I I wonder what their motivation is. I, I could only assume that China paid them more money than they had ever seen in their lives. Um, well, they're also probably products of the woke educations they received, true, which is true, hate America. True. So if you hate your country, let's go true. ahead and make some money off selling it out. But they they have been, and I, I told you about the the old lady that walks around to these um, gadget stores and cell phone uh, stores in Snellville, Lawrenceville, in, no, in that area. Yeah, so she she just goes and, and stays in these stores all day, speaking to, like, the managers and the people that work there, asking them about, like, what type of technology these... An old lady, an old Chinese lady. Uh-huh. And she she'll spend... Oh yeah, two okay. or three hours in a store. Like, what type of Wi-Fi network do I mean? Just some of the strangest questions. And um, apparently, she's been doing this for years. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I see. <laughs> yeah, for years, just walking from store to store. I mean, she's been to Verizon. They all know her. That's the crazy thing. And and she's been at some of these stores longer than the managers so um, my wife was at a phone store getting some stuff done with her phone and uh, this lady was there and she was talking to the manager while she was taking care of her transaction and uh, they were like yeah she's been here since the man the last manager and she just comes in here and and just asks these questions all day (laughs) so they are out there in some way shape or form that's not normal no it's not normal but it kind of lends itself to some of the articles we've read about the two-fold attack on the country which is going to be biological weapon and computer virus to shut down our communications yeah sub subservient not subservient uh yeah subplants um they just infiltrate these these operators these agents and they fit in Nothing stands out. Meanwhile, there what was this movie with Tim Robbins. He's part of a terrorist cell. But yeah, lived in suburban neighborhood. He and his wife, next door neighbor, building bombs in their basement, man, uh, to perform, put, roll out a terrorist attack on a government building in the city. And they just move around the country. Uh, crazy to think that this stuff is, is more than what you see on, on, on the big screen. Yeah. Uh, this is from Franklin Graham. Uh, a woke worldview splinters churches and accommodates sin. Epic Times by Beth Brelier, August 7th. So I just want to read a couple excerpts from him. Quote, if you want to boil down what wokeism is, it's all based about sex. And that, it's, and that is homosexuality. It is transgender sex, same-sex marriage. It is couples living together outside of marriage and of course don't want to be condemned 
Wokeism is trying to accommodate sin and make people feel good about their sin, close quote. He also says, the whole notion we are male, female, and transgender is just not true. It is the church trying to appease people who want to live in sin, adopting sin as to be the norm, and the Bible says we should resist sin. We should repent from sin and turn from our sins. As Christians sin, we should not be happy about it and not boasting about it and not flaunting it. We should repent. Those things that they mentioned there, what comes to mind when you look at that list? Same-sex marriage, homosexual relationships. What else? Transgender. Transgender. What You know what came to my mind? All of these things disrupt the family as God intended it to be. All of them. That's the purpose of It communism. absolutely yeah. is. Destroy the family. Destroy the family. I listened to uh, one of Charles Lawson's sermons this week. He, he started talking about Budweiser. And he said something that was absolutely remarkable. And he said, you all saw what happened with Budweiser. Everyone knows. He said, and the beer drinkers got together... <laughs> and said no <laughs> we won't support that business no, and we will not allow that business to continue and they won and then he paused and said the beer drinkers have more influence on american culture than the church i was like yo <laughs> wow. yeah I mean, and he just started going off, and he said, I have a y'all in here drink a beer drink. I was like, yo, <laughs> somebody get him. I mean, he was going off, wow. but it is so true. It is. What is the church, like we, in our family devotion this week, I was talking to the kids about being the salt of the earth, that. The purpose of salt is to preserve and to bring flavor. Preserve God's teachings. Preserve his ways. Bring that element into the public square. Into life. Into the people that we interact with. So by bringing God's message and God's love, we enhance their lives. Help them live better lives. Be more wholesome people. Flavor. Salt. He couldn't be more accurate in that assessment. What impact does the church have today? On anything. Name one Good issue. Question. <laughs> Good question. So the people, the kingdom builders, I like to call them. What kingdom are you building? What influence do you have on laws, social issues, on social behavior, human interaction in the public square? What influence does the church have? Who is this king that you're building this kingdom for? He's not a very good king. If you have no influence, it was quite a thing to hear that the beer drinkers have more influence on culture than the church. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's powerful. (laughs) That's a big testament to to all the churches. Yeah. And it's so true. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I, I I had to sit on that one for a minute. And I'm like, wow. Maybe you're fortunate enough to be in a church where you're pretty active and the preacher is pretty direct, not afraid to tell you the truth. But most churches are pretty soft and will preach about God, but in a way that doesn't require much action. Yeah. Yep. Just come here, let me lullaby you a little bit, and you go back to your life. 
Don't worry about facing the issues out there. Yep. Anyway, last article by the Daily Signal. Joe Biden enjoys his 1967 Corvette while forcing you to go electric. Alex Gage, August 7th. While JB enjoys his beautiful gas-guzzling 67 vet Stingray, he wants to dictate what kind of car you get to own. The EPA proposed a de facto electric vehicle mandate would force auto manufacturers to make nearly 70% of their new automobiles electric by 2032. Now, the Biden's Department of Transportation is following up with a second punch. On the Friday before Congress's August recess, when members were leaving town, DOT released a new expensive and likely unattainable fuel economy standard proposal requiring passenger cars to meet a standard of 66 miles per gallon and light trucks to reach 54 miles per gallon by 2032. According to the Heritage Foundation's chief statistician Kevin DeAranta, if the U.S. were to eliminate not some, not most, but all of its conventional fuel uses, we could expect a less than 0.2 degree Celsius reduction in global temperatures by the year 2100. Does anyone ask them to to prove that when they make these bombastic statements? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, let me just read a couple of that, a little bit of that again. All conventional fuels, not some, all of them. You got rid of all of them. We could expect a less than 0.2 two degrees celsius reduction in global temperatures by 2100 wow so thus despite claims that the global environment will collapse within the next decade lending to a possible quote-unquote human extinction event unless the most drastic measures are taken so all right let me see if i can use my good old boy brain to try and figure this thing out less than 0.2 degrees celsius so we give up all of our gas oil coal powered equipment machinery everything and we would get the benefit of 97 degrees 0.5 instead of 95 degrees 0.7 but i mean along with that we're talking electricity these people are nuts. We'll so it's not even a whole point. No, it's not even yeah. a whole freaking so point. So there will be no degree change. It'll still be 97 degrees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And there'll be no electricity. When did we get electricity? Before 1967, because they made that nice car, right? So <laughs> the point is, Democrats taking us back before electricity because... If without fossil fuels, we're not going to have electricity. These people are insane. We're not going to have running water. We're not going to have sanitized water because that takes electricity. Use it where it makes sense. No one is arguing that there are instances where, you know, it might be a viable option. But you could never tell me that everything needs to go in that direction. You just can't. But think of the power that people give them by bowing down to this i mean that that's the driving force is that you give up more freedom you give up your power you're going to be on public transit Mm. and you're not making a difference but all of the democrat party's advancement on issues is through fear think about that yeah 
they just want to control every aspect of life. These are control freaks that we're dealing with. I saw a Prius overtake a pickup truck this week. I mean, with gusto. I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> and my wife was like, that's a statement overtake right there. <laughs> I mean, he was punching that thing. I hope he made it to his destination because he was, I am going to overtake this truck. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, I'm going to overtake this truck. And he went for it. I'm like, damn, that truck driver needs to, to hang it up, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting punked by no Prius on the streets, oh, man. man. That's embarrassing. Come dude. on now. <laughs> hey, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to... Tell all your friends and the enemies and families about us and reach out to us at the Greg and Dave Show at Outlook.com. The Greg Letter N Dave Show at Outlook Outlook.com. Until next time, stay safe. Peace.